Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Davina Ware, who is a career transition coach, marketing professional, and the founder of Upwardly Paved Path Career Coaching. Davina, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. Glad to be here. Glad to have you, and we like to jump right in. So if you could start with just telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. I love to run. I love running. Love it, love it, love it. Being outside, different terrain, all that good stuff. And I love to cook. So if I could cook all day, run all day, and dance all day, that'd be a perfect day for me. By running, you mean cardio? Yeah. Most mm. people, <laughs> when I tell most people, they say, well, I only run if someone's chasing me. <laughs> I felt that way. But when you start, it's it's an addiction. I just, I just can't agree, but I'm glad that you like it. I really am. Thank you. <laughs> so are you like, do you like to run a lot or do you go for like a mile or two, three or four? Or are you going 10, 12, 15 every day? Uh, I normally do one long run a week. So mm. that's at least eight. I did have a little bit of a knee injury, so that slowed me down a little, but I'll still walk those eight miles so it's my goal to do a race in every state and then once i conquer that then i'm gonna go overseas and so are we talking a 5k are we talking a marathon in every state what are we looking at you went from one end of the spectrum to the other <laughs> look i will give you a half marathon there we people go. who do marathons i think are magical <laughs> because at the end of 13 14 i feel like taking an Uber back to my car, getting in my bed and not getting out for the rest of the week. Uh, so for someone to say to me, good job, you're halfway through. What? Absolutely not. So I just, my mind can't conceive a marathon. Maybe one day, I don't know. But at this point, I will stick to like 10Ks and halves. I'll give you those all day long. Okay, okay. So no ultra marathons for you. Oh, no. I don't think our bodies are supposed to do that. I don't think so either. <laughs> I just don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about more about what you do, what the day-to-day -day looks like at Upwardly Paved Path Career Coaching, and how you help people. My goal is to get as many people on purpose as possible, and primarily in the workspace, because that's where we spend most of our awake life is at mm. work. So it's important, A, that you enjoy that, but B, that you're planting seeds that will harvest in your future and the futures of, of other people around you. So I really get to the nitty gritty. I try to get to the root of what's keeping people in stagnant situations. Most people I know, a lot of millennials and even older generations have just kind of accepted that, hey, I'm just going to do this for like, 40 years and then retire. I'm like, what? No, 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 and no. So I'm that person that will come in and disrupt a little bit that sense of that, that mindset, that sense of thinking to say, we have got to shift some things because you are here for a reason. You have gifts and talents that are supposed to be used to serve your fellow man. And then by opening yourself up to that, people get to serve you with your gifts and talents. So I just work with people to unlock the subconscious, to really get them purpose-minded, and also to think about what that looks like in a uh, personal brand, right? We're all work walking billboards for ourselves, so it behooves you to be intentional about that billboard, because if you're not intentional, it just looks like a whole bunch of stuff thrown together, and then people are like, who's that? What do you do? What's that? So hone in on, on focusing on what your purpose is and how you present that in a way that captures what solutions you provide. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. It's um 
it seems like it, it would be a really simple thing to do, but you really have to think through it and reiterate because how you communicate it to people, it can be received differently for different people. So you also kind of have to know, I mean, I know you help people career transition, so maybe it's not necessarily business focused all the time, but I think some of the times it will be. And you have to kind of know who you're talking to, like your ideal client or just your ideal person in your environment that you're communicating it to. Because if you don't and you don't know how they hear it, it's really hard to communicate it. So you might think you're saying it perfectly, but I uh, completely get why that's a focus for you. Oh, completely on both the personal side and on the business side. I'm a marketer, so I'm, I'm, I look at everything through that lens. But also for leaders, a lot of times leaders miss it in terms of how they lead their teams because they they aren't communicating in the way that people need to hear it. Leadership isn't some title that's just bestowed upon you as some honor. There's work to it. There's a responsibility. There's accountability that comes with it. And a lot of the reasons why many of us are struggling in the workplace is due to the leadership. It may not be intentional, it may not be malicious, but leaders also need to have an understanding of how people move. We've got to communicate differently with different people. You've got to know the brand of the folks on your team and figure out how to use all of those brand elements, so to speak, to move forward to meet a company's goals. But if the leader is on an ego trip or hiding in the office away from everybody, then the world is falling apart. They're like, well, good luck with that. You know? Yeah. So that, that's, that's a huge part of it as well is the leadership development and helping corporate organizations create a space where these wonderfully branded professionals can invest their talents for the long term. So a lot of people are leaving because they're like, oh, I can't leave my skills here. Let me go somewhere where I'll be more appreciated. Well, companies just made a few tweaks then it could really be a, a positive equation to create careers on purpose. And then corporate wouldn't be this big, bad, scary monster that everybody is running away from to survive. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Well, tell us a little bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? Ooh, great question. Um, I'm going to say I've, I've been in that space, right? Where you wake up every day, they call it the quarter life crisis. So <laughs> it's a thing. There's books on it. I promise you it's a thing. But especially soon after graduating or getting your bachelor's degree, maybe your master's, and you just go through life like, okay, Monday through Friday, this is this is it, huh? Wow, this is miserable. <laughs> I hate life. And I've got 40 years of this. And I was at a place where I was just depressed. I didn't know I was depressed, but it was... I just was in a place where I wasn't, wasn't using my gifts and talents every day. My manager was kind of like heads down, don't ask any questions, be happy you have a job. And I would just spend my weekends sleeping just to, I was so exhausted for having to adopt to the environment and trying to make myself be happy with what was going on at work that it drained me. Some of my relationships suffered because I just didn't have the energy to pour into them. And then what really was the indicator for me was I was watching a comedy special from a comedian that I love and I didn't laugh. I just couldn't laugh. Things that were normally funny. I was like, well, oh, haha. So yeah. <laughs> I wasn't laughing anymore. And that's when I said, okay, something is wrong here. I, I cannot do this for 40 years. Please don't ask me. And my pastor at the time said, your struggle should be someone else's shortcut. And so a light bulb went off of, okay, A, all of this wasn't in, in vain. And I'm a person that loves efficiency to a fault. Oh, I haven't wasted my time. Thank you. Cause that would bother me. But then I started to read more and understand, no, there are different paths. Yes. It's okay for you to use the degree that you paid all this money for, for work. You're not, stuck in a place. And as I started to understand these concepts and become certified in coaching, what drives me then is how can I be a shortcut for other people 
because I spent 10 years like that. Yeah. About 10 to 15 years in that space. And what good does that do our economy? What good does that do our relationships in our world if people are walking around like that? So what drives me is being a shortcut for people to bypass years of misery where they can start to plant and start to see the growth and the harvest of all their hard work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like that being a shortcut for other people after coming out of that quarter life crisis, if you will. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's good that you didn't wait till midlife to have the crisis. I think I might be able to bypass that now. Yeah. I don't <laughs> normally it's not both. I'm like, I I think I'm gonna bypass the midlife because I went through the quarter life. So I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, let's jump into dreams and goals. You really want to be a shortcut for people, but let's get uh, kind of your specific vision of where you see your business going and where you see your life going. Yeah. So the next big thing for me is speaking. If I don't do anything else well or right, it's speaking. So um, being able to impact more people outside of my sphere of influence so um, working with small businesses, working with large corporations and their HR departments, their marketing departments to just start to turn those things around. We can't all be entrepreneurs. Nothing wrong with that. But right now, people are running entrepreneurship with, I think, the wrong in the wrong drive. They like, I hate my job. I need to become an entrepreneur. You won't survive like that. Yeah. It's not a solution to your work problem. You're an entrepreneur because you have the grit for it. You have something to offer and that it's a baby that you birth, that you will make sure you see through its life cycle. As opposed to like, oh, I get to set my own hours. Okay, babe, back up, back up. Yeah. So it's my goal on the, on, on that side is to, shift workplaces, especially for small businesses who are just now starting to hire people. That's the best time for me to come in to help you build your team that's going to be sustainable over the lifetime because we can determine what kind of culture will you build? What kind of people work best behaviorally and motivationally to build you up and support you as a leader? Can we get everybody trained on emotional intelligence? That is important, especially in the workspace. So speaking, training, going in and kind of unclipping some of these dead things, if you will, within these spaces, but also helping the smaller guys, both on the marketing side and on the hiring, recruiting side as well. So speaking, traveling, and fixing in a nutshell. I gotcha. I gotcha. And so... When you're speaking, are you speaking primarily on the like recruiting and the marketing side of things for small businesses, or do you have other topics you like to speak on? Purpose is a big one. Gotcha. Because it all starts with that. So I, I love speaking to the individual because the individual affects the organization. Then um, one of my other key topics is the four pillars to achieve consistent success. And that really starts as well on the individual level. Personal branding, that's another key thing. Also, I'm sure the word empath gets thrown around like, goodness, is is almost watered down now. However, it still has weight and meaning, especially for leaders. So what's one thing that I teach and talk about is how to incorporate empathy in your leadership style so that you can have better working relationships with your team and people don't resent you and then hate you when it, it really could have been a great experience. Most people leave managers, not companies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you like yeah. to speak on purpose, personal branding, and that's more for the individual. Uh, four pillars of consistent success also kind of starts with the individual, but then the empathy and leadership, still the individual, but more in a corporate setting. Yes. Yes. As well as, um, you know, hiring, um, and then like the interpersonal stuff. So how can we have better communication? How can we spot our different motivators and work together as a team? 
emotional intelligence. So those things as well, more on the leader corporate side. I gotcha. I gotcha. And so when you're thinking about going into these corporations, helping them with leadership, helping them with the soft skills, do you want to focus on organizations that are maybe three to four employees and are looking to scale? Or do you want to go more go into an organization that has 30 to 40 employees is kind of a mess and needs some fixing? Which would you prefer? Ooh, that's a juicy question because I see the benefits of both. On the smaller scale, it can prevent them from becoming a mess. And we know for startups, you need all the support and good flow that you can get in order to not tank within five years. But the larger corporations affect our everyday life. These are our banks. These are our education systems. And they need the help because they they affect us more on a grander scale. So my heart goes to both of them. But I think I could have the biggest impact with these larger corporations because I'm thinking about our generation and I'm thinking about the next generation and people are running from these places, but someone's got to work at the bank. Someone's got to work at the educational institution. So I think the best impact I can have is creating a space where it can sustain generationally. Um, Because those are the folks that are going to be taking care of us. So we want to make sure that they have room to grow in these larger organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. So first dream, get as many people on purpose as possible, enjoying work and planting seeds that will help people, that will help the people around them and themselves in the future. You want to speak on purpose, personal branding, empathy and leadership, four pillars of consistent success, and just kind of impact people outside of your sphere of influence. And then working with corporations to really turn the work environment around. Yes, exactly that. Any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about before we move on? Aside from running? Um, <laughs> Definitely not running. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, those are the hits. Sounds good. Sounds good. And we'll also add the uh, the race in every state. Yes. Yes. We'll Thank you. Me. I appreciate that. And we'll add a backup dancer for um, Janet Jackson. Yes, I just one tour, even not even a whole tour, like half a tour. I'd be yeah. good with that. Sounds good. Sounds good. All righty. Um, what are the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to make some of these dreams and goals come true? That's a good one. I think one of them, it might be the opposite of your question, but so I recently found out that I was a perfectionist. Okay. And no. And I'm starting to see how it's affected different pockets in life. So one of those skills I would say is being empathetic to myself. Super easy for me to be empathetic towards other people. And honestly, that's what I call my superpower and helping the people I help because I get in the boat with you to help you roll to the other side. But for myself, I I had pigeonholed myself in a way where I didn't feel like I could make a mistake. So with some things I've become rigid, but now I'm more so going with the flow, asking questions and not being afraid to make a mistake. And for the kinds of people who don't really allow that, I just don't let, I don't let it affect me as much anymore. You know, I think your purpose opens up doors for you. So as long as you're working in that space, even if you fall, even if you mess up, that doesn't mean that all of the doors are closed with that. The other thing is, nobody believes me, but I'm an introvert that likes to peek out sometimes, an extrovert for a little bit, and then go back into my, to my cave. Yeah. But uh, networking is very important in, in the work that I do. So, and networking is a skill. And for those who are introverts, there's a way you can approach it where it doesn't feel like I'd rather jump off a cliff than to go to this networking event. But to find those that have prompts, take an extroverted buddy with you. I just wrote a blog about that. But to just step out into 
do extroverted things even when I feel like introverting. Because every time I have ever stepped out in that way, it's always been a benefit and a blessing. So doing more of the stepping out. Okay. Okay. So being empathetic to yourself because you're a perfectionist. Tell us about why you realize you're a perfectionist and where you've seen it shown up show up in your life. Ooh, really good question. So I would hear people say all the time to me, close friends and family, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Well, yes, duh. But when it came to me overextending myself to get something right or to hand something in well, or before I publish something, or before I present something, that it has to be the absolute best that it could be before I do anything with it. That leads to a bit of analysis paralysis and a bit of you taking longer to launch things or to put yourself out there, which can affect the trajectory of your career. Part of this is the marketer in me that's like, yeah, Brandon, you gotta, you gotta be polished and shined up before you put it out there. But even with your best effort, things can still be well-received. So the analysis part uh, is, is one thing that's affected me the most and just maybe slowing down how fast I could have done things. But I don't believe anything is wasted. So in this time where I maybe was overdoing things, I learned a lot. And I also know how to extend that grace to other people. Mm. Yeah, but... Yeah, just kind of realizing how hard I was being on myself or, uh, like I said, I'm super efficient with things, but it's to a fault. So the other indicator for me is um, I'm certified to deliver these several assessments, and one of them is called Driving Forces, and this is where we find our natural sense of achievement. So before I became certified in it, I had to take the assessment, and in black and white, it, it tells you that my resourcefulness is like 99 out of 100. Mm. That is extreme in terms of the science behind it. And when I saw that and saw, okay, when you're so extreme on one of your motivators, it can become difficult or you're very apathetic to doing anything else. So once I saw that in black and white, I couldn't help but to say, oh, yeah. I did drop those M&Ms on the floor and I was pretty upset about that because I feel like I wasted it. So things like that started to show up to where in black and white, I couldn't deny that my resourcefulness, which can be a form of perfectionism, uh, was a hindrance for me. It was a snare to my journey. So yeah, those two things. Yeah, I gotcha. What, um... So we have a section of the podcast all about limiting beliefs. And we're going to segue over there real quick. What limiting belief do you feel like is behind your need to be 99 out of 100 resourceful? It's, I think I've had situations in life with relationships, both romantically and not uh, at work with friendships where if there was a misunderstanding or there was one mistake, it was catastrophic. So I think somewhere in my young mind, even I would say in childhood, somewhere in my young mind, I made a pact or a covenant with myself that I'm going to never make this mistake again, A, and B, I'm going to work so hard to not even veer off the beaten path that it's almost going to be impossible for me to make a mistake. So I think with with that, it kind of burst this over a sense of efficiency because in those times where I was maybe caught off guard or uh, I remember my first year of college, I kind of called somebody out for doing something wrong. I was like, hey, that's not cool. We shouldn't be doing that. And all of my community, they turned against me. I didn't have any friends. They were like, well, you should just apologize to him. I was like, well, this guy physically pushed me. I'm not apologizing to him so we all could be friends again. And then I didn't have any friends. So mm. I was super lonely on campus and people would do stupid, passive aggressive things. 
and it was really painful. So in situations like that, I just made a pack. Who wants to feel that kind of pain or loneliness? And at the time, I didn't really have a mentor. I didn't have someone talking with me through this to say, well, they're young and immature. Nothing was telling me the opposite, that you were not wrong. I didn't have that other voice. And so as a result, I just tried really hard to not feel that pain again because it's a loss of control. Essentially, that's the root of perfectionism is having feeling like you need to control things because something happened that was so far out of your control. Now you're just out here floating. So with that, I think that was the driver behind it. But now I'm just starting to, A, appreciate myself and, and my own little quirks and idiosyncrasies and, oh, oh shucks, I burnt up the bacon. Well, that's okay. <laughs> and uh, that's a true story that happened to me the other day. <laughs> um, hey, burnt bacon is still good bacon. It is, especially if you crumble it up right, then you're all good. Yeah. But it, so giving grace to myself and starting to realize it, it's okay. I'm not a malicious person. I mean, well, we all fall. Uh, what's the, I think the, I think they said, was it Einstein? Oh, it was a Thomas Edison. One of them. It took them like three or 400 tries to create the thing we still use today. Oh, the light bulb. Yeah. The light bulbs. It was Edison then. Okay. Yeah. It and I be, think it, it might have been Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. Oh, terrible. I'm terrible at history. <laughs> okay. Um, but there was an, well, no, the thing with Einstein is I think he was considered slow or retarded. Yes, and I'm saying was. retarded. Yeah. Cause that's what they used at that time. Yeah. And he was a genius. Yeah. So I've just learned to embrace those things in myself, whether other people do or not. I just have more, not pity for them, but it just helps me to, to see some of the disparities in other people's behaviors and, and thinking. And then I don't take that on. So what happened, my experience in college, that was them. I didn't have to take that on and carry that with me through life. So just learning boundaries, what what's mine and my mistakes, what's other people's thoughts and behaviors that I can see it for what it is, but I don't have to take it. And so I don't now. So I breathe a lot easier. I sleep a lot better uh, because I just embraced myself, you know? I gotcha. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. If you had to put the belief that was underlying that pact into a sentence, because you had an experience, you felt some emotion, you made a pact with yourself. That was like actions, feelings, and experience. Yeah. The belief phrase behind it would be like, I, at that point, I believe that um, I needed to be perfect to be loved. I needed to not mess up so that people didn't abandon me. Like, what was the belief statement that you think was underlying all that? Hmm. I, it might be an amalgamation of the, the both of the things you said is if I don't make a mistake, I won't be rejected. I won't be ridiculed and I'll fit in. Mm. I'll fit in to the flow. I won't be alienated. Yeah. But, but again, I think I, the first time I had something like that happen, I was 12, but I can remember. So fitting in when you're 12 is very important. Yeah. But now I'm learning. It feels good to go against the grain. The yes. leaders and the people are people that we learn from, that we listen to, that break barriers and boundaries. These are people who sometimes walk alone. Yeah. But back then I thought that was the worst thing that could happen. So it was that sense of not being alienated, not uh not feeling like the consequences of my actions are irredeemable. Yeah. 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 I feel that. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, we're gonna jump back to our questions about dreams and goals now. <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll round back up uh with limiting beliefs at the end. But um so being empathetic to yourself, 
because you're a uh, because you used to be a perfectionist. We've kind of talked on that one pretty in depth. Let's go to the networking now. What does that look like on a day to day basis? Developing that skill. I saw you. I heard you mention taking an extroverted buddy to stuff with you. What are some other day to day things you can do to develop that skill? I like to find networking events where there's prompts. There's an activity. There's something to do that's going to prompt natural activity or natural conversation. Because for me, it's uncomfortable to just walk in a room full of people I don't know and to have these awkward conversations. Yeah. Once we have something established, it's easy for me to roll with it at that point. Um, I also come prepared. So what is my purpose of being at this event? Is it because I'm new in town and I just want to know or meet new people and make new friends? Is it because I'm trying to take my purpose project to a new state? What do you need? How can I help you get on purpose, essentially? That also, that opens doors and, and conversations. You can look at folks' name tags and see where they work and maybe what they do, and that can lead to a conversation. So being intentional makes it feel less daunting and overwhelming. So just thinking of being very intentional about the events that I'm going to and then preparing before I get there. Of course, we're going to talk about some branding. So making sure that I show up as my brand. A lot of times people come over and talk to me because of my presentation, being super polished or coordinated. People naturally will come over because of that and it strikes up a conversation. So the intentionality of it, making sure I have my business cards, my one page, all of that together. So you're not fishing for, oh, you want a meeting with me? Um, No, well, you can just easily someone maybe do a QR code, send someone right there to your, your calendar to mm-hmm. book some time or, hey, let's have lunch tomorrow. But being as prepared and polished as possible has been a great way to take the sting and the overwhelm out of being an introvert or a yeah. new person. Like I said, I just moved to a whole new state across the country. Being a, a very small fish in a big pond, when you're prepared, then the pond isn't so big. Yep. Love it. Well, what are the highest impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals? Hmm. I know I keep saying the word intentional, but planning my day, planning my day as much as I can. And I, and continuing to do that because again, I've had times where maybe it didn't work or I didn't give myself enough time between tasks. But what being a recovering perfectionist has taught me is that it's okay. That just means we need to tweak it and, and, and fine tune it. So I block out times to do different things. One of them is if I want to work out, I'm not a morning person, but if this is a small sacrifice to allow me to be super productive for the rest of the day, then I'm going to do that. So getting up in the morning, uh, I don't miss prayer. I spend time in prayer every morning before I do anything else. Make sure I work out. I'm feeling good. Then my mind is clear. Great. Then maybe for two hours, I'm going to do this. And I don't schedule things back to back to back. I used to, but our brains need a break. We Well, experts now say every hour you should be looking away from your computer for at least a minute or so, but getting up, walking around, uh, scheduling time for meal prep. So all of those things become natural Mm -hmm. and I can still be healthy. I can still be productive. I can still keep my energy level because when stuff is all over the place, you expense energy trying to grasp it and to bring it into some some sense of synergy but blocking off my day scheduling even little things such as you know paint my nails this day it seems like a small thing but it kind of programs your mind and makes sure you're done with whatever you're doing so that you can go on to the next thing so that and continuing to fine-tune that finding tools and resources i now use something called clockify to actually log the time I'm spending on certain tasks. 
So I can go back and look and say, ooh, I'm spending a lot of time on this. Is that where I should be spending my time? Do I need to be doing things differently? Do I need to make some different business decisions because of that? So continue, but being committed to the process, being committed to blocking out the time and also being committed to continuing to evolve with it as I evolve and not being so rigid. Because when you're rigid, if one thing doesn't happen or you're a half hour off of your time, it could throw off your whole day. Yep. So. I gotcha. I gotcha. And what was that app you said? Clockify? Clockify, yes. It's just a time blocking kind of app? Yeah, so you can put in different types of tasks and put, okay, for two hours I did this. So there's lots of cool features that you can do with it. It's similar to if you were working an hourly job and you're kind of punching in and out, or if you have to put or delineate your tasks, it's similar to, to that, but you're just doing it for yourself. Yeah, I got you. Mm -hmm. I got you. Cool. So planning your day, giving yourself time between tasks. Is there a, a number one thing that you need to prioritize every day when you're planning your day, or does that shift up from day to day? Aside from prayer and working out, what I found, because I'm, I'm, I have my hands in different pots. So what I was doing at first was like uh, at least two hour time blocks for the different projects I was working on. But some some things may need more attention that day. So now I'm shifting into maybe one day I spent four hours on this thing. Great. That means I, I when you do that, your brain focuses for those four hours on that thing, you get so much done. So that means the next day I can spend four hours on another task and I don't have to spend as much time as the one that I did the day before. So blocking off enough time where you're not switching between so many tasks in a day, I have found to, I've just gotten way much more done. Yeah, I got yeah. you. And what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true? Hmm. Rest. Mm. Rest. That sounds counterintuitive to what you're asking, but especially in the world of remote working, it's easy to work all day because there's, there's always something to do. Especially yeah. when you're in business, there is always something to do. There's clients you could be calling. There's content you could be creating. But you have to give your brain a shutoff point. And you deserve the rest to just step away from that thing for a moment to laugh, to call a friend and to catch up. Or to just take a walk, get some sun on your face. And you'd be surprised how much it fills you up. And it's also a paradigm shift. I come up with all kinds of ideas when I rest. Yeah. But I have to make myself do that, which is why I have put these boundaries around my time so that I can have enough time to just sit and watch my favorite show or you know, do a little online shopping. But <laughs> um, the, the rest, I think, is the biggest thing. And that's coming off of you know, work until 11 or midnight because there's always something to do so just being cool with the idea of you will have things to do tomorrow and if you do them tomorrow no one will die you're not saving or losing any lives from doing that it's okay but take this rest today yeah something that's interesting about business is that a lot of people get into entrepreneurship and in the beginning, you just really probably have to hustle a little bit because it's just you and you, you're doing a lot. You're the marketing, the sales, the HR, the accounting, and the operations. Yes, <laughs> and you are all the things. It's just a lot, right? And so your, your head might be spinning a little wild, but that is not how business is meant to work. And a lot of people get stuck there, maybe because they don't make enough revenue to hire. Or they might be stuck in kind of an employee mindset and they just gave themselves a harder job with maybe a tougher boss if they're tougher on themselves than another person would be. And um, it, it's just beautifully said. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, people don't usually enter business 
to work 90 hours a week. Like you're probably entering because you want some sort of freedom, some sort of time back, and you want to be making some sort of impact in a sustainable, consistent manner. And that is not 90 hours per week. (laughs) It's not that. It's not. Yeah. Go back to work. (laughs) If you're going to do this. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I like that you said rest because it makes me think of the importance of patience and how patience, I feel like um, a good rest routine is built on a foundation of patience or maybe yeah, because when you're patient, the client can wait until tomorrow and you have a slower ramp up period for your sales. So if you miss this follow up today, it's not the biggest deal because you're not trying to kill yourself. You're trying to stay in the game, not win the game. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think I really uh, like your your rest move because it reminds me of patience and how I like for the longest time, this is so funny, even with building relationships and networking, I'm a big real estate guy. And, you know, you can save up money and take down real estate deals with your own money, or you could network, find people with money, and then use their money to take down deals. Using other people's money will help you scale a lot better and uh, kind of get a lot more out of your time, right? However, it's counterintuitive because you think you want to talk to the people and just be like, hey, give me money now. But you can't do that on the first conversation. You can't do that on the second conversation. No. You might not be able to do it on the fifth or sixth conversation. You might have to know that person for six months to a year of consistently talking to them, maybe two years of consistently talking to them before they trust you enough to give you the 50, 100, 150,000 that would help you take down that real estate deal. And so it's just interesting how that patience comes into play in so many aspects of life. But so I'm glad you said rest. Yeah, that's a good way of, of putting it. It's the slow and steady wins the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to rest to be steady. Yep. There we go. Well, if there were one or two people you can meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, then they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals. Who would they be and how would they help you? One of them would be Lisa Nichols. It's my goal one day to actually share a stage with her. Mm-hmm. as she has experienced lots of different trials, but she just continued to renew her mind in a way to where she's able to help people that were hurt back in the day. Yeah. And just the, and she continues to reinvent herself. She just the things that have happened in, in her life from where she started from. And she's, she continues to be humble and she continues to just, grow almost effortlessly so i'd love to spend some time with lisa nichols and like i said my goal is to share a stage with her yeah um at some point and then maybe the type of person i'd like to meet is someone who maybe is at the top of their career ladder and instead of retiring Maybe retiring in a sense from a job, but essentially their career just evolved to helping as many people as they can. I want to meet that person to see what that feels like for them. Because when we hear retirement, people cease working. And for me, that seems pretty boring. It's like, yeah, yeah, great. You don't work, but then you're watching TV all day. And a lot of people deteriorate deteriorate shortly after that because they're not engaging their minds or they're not what have you. But I'd love to meet someone at the top of that career ladder who now is pivoting their work. So they're still helping people, but they're still receiving an income, but their primary focus is on how can I help? How can I bridge a gap for someone? How can I connect someone? but they're still making an income in a way, but it's not their primary driver for what they do. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And the first question is what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Ah, I will pick movie. (laughs) I'll pick movie. Okay. So my favorite movie uh, is called the last dragon from the eighties. Bruce Leroy. I just love it, it to me. It just encapsulates everything I love about the '80s. 
The music, the fashion, it's kind of funny, it's kind of bad acting, but it's very lighthearted and fun. And I, I know all the words. I know the words to every song on the soundtrack. And I don't know, It to me, it's just a picture in time when things seemed easier. Life seemed more fun in the 80s. I don't know. So I, I think about that. And yeah, it just makes me happy. So favorite movie, yes. What makes you think life was easier in the 80s? What particular? I, I think maybe people weren't as accessible. There wasn't as much to do. It was like you hung out at the mall. You went to the <laughs> arcade. You went to your friend's house. With these very simple things, you still had people that were more together, right? That Back in the day, people were walking around with the boom box, listening to music. So even listening to music was a communal thing. And now it's more of a singular thing. We all got our, well, now the music is on our phones we don't even have ipods or things like that anymore so we i think have become what's an ipod no i'm just right. playing i'm just playing right. <laughs> right uh exactly my bad very entertaining time. <laughs> my apologies oh man right um, i have to dig deep back here to bring that up here um but um yeah, I, I think just the community aspect of it. People spent more time together and it was more innocent and fun and all of that, I think. Yeah, I got you. Cool, cool. Well, what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Stretching. Mm. Stretching. And, you know, we'll go to the gym and we'll spend two minutes stretching out a limb and then we'll walk away. But it was part of my nighttime routine. Actually, I listened to some like easy listening, smooth jazz kind of thing. And I just take my time stretching and it feels like I'm giving a gift to my limbs. I yeah. just, instead of just sitting, standing, but I'm flowing through things and I feel so much better and more limber in the morning. So stretching. There we go. And what's one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet either Lisa Nichols or that person at the top of their career who is focused on impact? I'd say speaking at a larger conference where I think I'd either meet her or meet these people, maybe a women's conference, um, like a women's empowerment conference i so finding a way where i can pitch some of my speaking topics to be maybe not a keynote but a workshop speaker at yep. one of these conferences i think would be the next action step good question there we go well awesome we got our final series of questions now and so we already talked a little bit about limiting beliefs and so it was the if i don't make a mistake i won't be rejected slash ridiculed and I'll fit in. I'll be alienated if I do make a mistake. And mm -hmm. then for the like where it came from, you were talking about like relationships where a misunderstanding was catastrophic. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, do you have any limiting actions or inactions to this day that reinforce this limiting belief? I think before I realized I was a perfectionist, and some of my friendships, I feel like I would show up like overly happy and optimistic, like creating this, I'm, I'm optimistic anyway, but creating this in environment where people are happy to be around me. And it was almost like it was building up a checking account of optimism so that if a mistake happened, I had enough in the account to where it wouldn't deplete it so much. Yeah. So I think in that perfectionism phase of, and I also really value relationships with people that is, so it's a form of overcompensating, I think. But now I'm like, look, I am who I am. Take it or leave it. And you should know, I'm, I'm obviously very transparent. I wear my heart on my sleeve. You should know that I am, internally rooting for everyone so now when uh when people catastrophize something i just like i said i just think it's a, a them problem yeah and, and i leave it at that but before that 
I was overcompensating to build up my like relational or optimism checking account. If you ever if you've ever played The Sims back in the day, and I was that person for hours all day play the darn Sims. When you would <laughs> when you know their social meters would go down, but yeah. if you kept them talking, you know they were happy because they had good relationships. So it was similar to that and yeah. how I approach things. Yes. I got you. The Sims, what a throwback. I know. I know. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you were to change that limiting belief into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart in the way that you needed to hear it, what would that phrase be? Ooh. I would say that flaws, quirks, mistakes, and all you are worthy of the best, the best friendships, the best partnerships, the best opportunities, and that your failures don't block you from receiving those things. Yeah. Your perceived failures, I'll say. There we go. Don't block you from those things. I love it. I love it. I love it. We got one last question for you. Ready? Yes. What is your favorite belief about yourself? What's my favorite belief about myself? So I'm super old school, as you can tell by my favorite movie. I just think it's very endearing to yeah. appreciate uh, like old school music and maybe some old school fashion, but I think there's wisdom in that. So I just, I, I, so I believe it. it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I feel like it's attractive, an attractive part of myself that I'm a little, I have an old soul, people say. So I think it's it's quirky, but I think it's endearing and attractive. There we go. There we go. Well, awesome. Davina, is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off? Wait, I would just say, I feel so good to not put so much pressure on yourself, even in a space of finances, which when we're talking about business and even just the day and age that we're in, where it's always about getting the bag and then the next rung and the next rung, that I think it creates a sense of a hole that can never be filled. But when you can be in the present and appreciate what you have right now, even if it's not everything you want, but smile at it, appreciate it, and realize that for, for today, it's enough. That sense of contentment, it just releases weight, burden, uh, and pressure that you put on yourself. And then you'd be, you look up and everything that you've been wanting or wishing for is right there. But it was just covered in the muck of what you think you don't have. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This was really, really good. Awesome. We love to have you. And if you guys are listening to this, thank you guys so much for watching. The best ways to reach Davina will be down in the show notes. It's a website, right? Yes. That's upwardlypayedpath.com. There we go. That link will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys for watching. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show.